My guest today on the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast is Deborah Heslin, a certified master trainer of NLP, timeline hypnosis, and on and on. I really don't have time to tell you the whole resume. It's darn impressive, but only half as impressive as she is. You can enjoy this. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Hello, Deborah Haslin. How are things down there in Florida? Everything is beautiful, Doug. Gorgeous weather, Un- unlike you sitting by your heater. I, I just happen to be sitting by the heater. This happens to be the orientation of the room. I'm not huddled by the heater because it's so frigging <laughs> cold here. That would be a misrepresentation, young lady. Um, oh. <laughs> just It just happens to be that I'm by the heater here in upstate New York. That is on because it's frigging cold here. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> We did have well, I also process. thank you for the young lady part. I appreciate oh, yeah. that. Well. Yeah, um, I caught that. <laughs> so, yeah, and, and, and it should be said that you are such one of those nice people in the world that if I said, how are things down there? You pretty much always say it's wonderful. It's beautiful. Everything's, I mean, come on. Is it really nice? I mean, you're in Florida. Is it really nice? <laughs> Doug. It is gorgeous. I'm on the water. Boats are going by. It's like 75, 80 degrees outside. It's gorgeous. Good. It's right. beautiful. Right. Yeah. I'll take it. I'm going to Boston tomorrow where I know it's like 31 and really cold. So I have my Uggs already and my winter woolies, as they say. Now, did you I'm bring your Uggs Boston. with you from Australia when you moved over here? Or did you? Did you buy <laughs> I don't think they had Uggs then because I oh, came a long, long time ago in 1979. And uh, I don't think they had Uggs then. We did have sheepskin stuff, but not Uggs. Not Uggs. So um, people probably figured out before I mentioned it that you are from Australia. What brings you over to to our fair shores here of uh, America? America. What what, what, what brought you here in 1979? How long is this podcast? Yeah. So. Yeah, I came over here when I was 23 years old in 1979. So I just gave away how old I am, and I don't care. I'm People have to do math, though, so don't worry about it. They, they do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of uh, the age that I'm at and, and things that I'm doing, so that's all good. But my dad was a preacher. Oh, so he, really? he came. Yeah, yeah, he was a he preacher. He came here for preaching? He came to New York to save the New Yorkers. <laughs> wow. And, uh, so yeah. Thank yeah. him for yeah. that. That's really, I feel much better. Um, yeah. Good. That's what I did. I came over to be with my parents, 1979, and um, wow. stayed in New York for about 29 years. And my dad ended up not being a preacher anymore. So... That's a long story, Doug. Okay, well, we don't have to. We'll just gloss over that one. Then. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> we'll just scoot Ryan on back. Thank you. Um, somewhere along the line there, though, you uh, started doing NLP, apparently. 
Yes. Educated yeah. guess on my part. So when when was that? When did you start getting into it and how did that come to pass? So, yeah, I will share a little bit about that because it's it's kind of a cool backstory. I was the general manager of John F. Kennedy for uh, JetBlue Airways, actually, at that time. Hold on and one second. On Hold six, on one second. You, yeah, you were the yeah, general yeah. manager for um, for John F. Kennedy Airport? For, for the flight attendants for JetBlue Airways at John F. Kennedy Airport. Yeah. General yeah. manager for flight attendants for, Jet, for mm-hmm. JetBlue Airlines at JFK. Mm-hmm. Okay. Correct. Yep. So don't ask me how I got the job. Here's this little Australian doing that job. But September 11th came, right? And um, I was on the last aircraft that left John F. Kennedy that day. Oh, my God. You were on on it? I was was on on the last plane. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. That left John F. Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah. That was an experience. Wow. Needless to say. Yeah, that's, that's probably a podcast so, onto itself, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, because it led me down the path that I'm at today. I mean, I think everybody has an experience that they experience from that and uh, things that happened to them or people that they knew around those times. So it was it was a pretty brutal time for a lot of people. Right. Mm, the whole yeah. the whole world was impacted. So I didn't get home uh, for six days at that time. I ended up in in Fort Lauderdale. And I was on a flight from uh, John F. Kennedy to Fort Lauderdale. And, of course, we didn't make it in Fort Lauderdale. So what ended up happening was um, maybe about six months later, I had what's called a panic attack on the aircraft, right? So Mm. I literally thought I was having a heart attack. And uh, when they took me to the hospital in an ambulance, the doctor said, there's nothing wrong with you. You're in perfect physical condition. You had what's called a classic panic attack. So that led me to get into yoga, right? And being able to release my stresses and things that I was holding on to. And once I realized that when I was doing yoga, I felt fabulous. And when I left the yoga room, I'd be right back in those emotions and things that I was holding on inside. So I went to a doctor and lo and behold, the doctor in New York, and he said, to me, I wanted pills to feel better, mm-hmm. right? I said, give me some of those pills that make you feel better, whatever they Just were. feel better pills, whatever <laughs> they feel are. feel better pills, <laughs> whatever they are, give me some. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said to me, he said, Deborah, you're not depressed. He said, you're really making um, choices or bringing in feelings that are not making you feel good. He said, I suggest you go on a yoga retreat and start to get to know yourself. So that led me to a lot of the mind-body stuff. Um, mind, well, I would like to know the name of that doctor. There was a doctor who yeah. said you don't need pills, go on a yoga mm-hmm. retreat. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. enlightened for a doctor. Most doctors yeah. that I am aware of go like, ah, here's some pills. Did you want, yeah. do you want a double dose? Um, yeah. Just, just by way of contrast, I, um, 19, uh, gosh, 1999, maybe 1998, mm-hmm. I had to have a hernia operation. I didn't, yeah, I did. I had to have one. And while I was at it, I figured I might as well make it interesting since I was working at a hospital in the Department of Complementary Medicine as a hypnotherapist doing pre-surgical hypnosis. I said, well, let's make this interesting. Let's see if I can get somebody to do the operation for me without using any anesthesia. I'll just do hypnosis instead. Long story short, that is exactly what I did. And, um, but what was interesting is that, you know, post-surgical um, 
pain management. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the surgeon gave me a, a, a prescription for oxycodone. And, and, and thank God I took one and didn't like it um, because, you know, how addictive mm-hmm. that stuff is. And people just give, you know, doses. They used yeah. to at least give, you know, prescriptions for that stuff. But, you know, I, I just came across that prescription. I still have it in a desk drawer that's now in a storage unit. But um, it's I still have like 19 of the 20 pills left in this thing. Not, I shouldn't tell anybody the whereabouts of that. Cause <laughs> <laughs> well, I say good for you, Doug. Yeah, good well, thank you, God. You yeah, thank goodness. yeah. So that doctor, going back to, you know, what you said, I... I honestly won't tell you what I said because it's not very ladylike, you know, because I was a little annoyed that he wouldn't prescribe something <laughs> for me. And <laughs> I actually did curse at him. And um, I stayed in, in contact with him for, for quite a while because he gave me a book to read. I don't remember what the book was, but it was something about the mind, you know, the mind-body connection. And that mm-hmm. led me to just wanting to understand more as to why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And why we think what we think, et cetera, et cetera. So that led me into, I did probably about 12 or so, at least different uh, certification trainings on becoming a coach. And right. um, I started working with corporate clients and that led me on a whole different path. And then one day I took Jack Canfield's training and I did, became one of his trainers. Uh, mm. I was doing his train the trainer and uh, Jack said, Deborah, haven't you done NLP? I was asking a question. And I said, like most people, what's NLP, right? <laughs> I hadn't heard of it before. And he goes, NLP is a must. He said, anybody that becomes anything or wants to have conversations or wants to get past certain things has done NLP. You need to research it. So I did, which meant right. another training. And uh, that led me down the path. What year was that? Uh, it's not that long ago when I did the NLP, maybe about six, about six years ago. Oh, six years yeah. ago? Oh, my heavens. Yeah, six years ago when I did the NLP. Yep. Yep. Oh, I, have, I was doing lots of other stuff around that without understanding why things were working. So uh-huh. once I found NLP, that was like everything just changed. Wow. That's so, yeah. I mean, honestly, I thought. Yeah, you're so good at it. I thought you've Thank been you, doing Jack. this for for as long as I've been doing. It. Wow, that's so interesting. Six years ago, so Jack Canfield wasn't training in NLP. He just said that you should go get training. Yeah, he referred to NLP in his training because a lot of the tools and techniques that he did in his training was around NLP. A lot of, and now I can see it. At that time, I didn't see it, but now I can see it. So when I heard that. And I respected him. I was like, okay, NLP it is. And, you know, it was just another training that I wanted to do because I always felt something was missing. There was always something missing. I knew what to do, but I didn't always understand why certain things worked and what was actually going on inside between the years. Right. That's so interesting. And you trained in coaching. You'd gotten a coaching certification at this point prior to learning? Yeah, I had probably, honestly, Jax was... It wasn't the last one I did before the NLP. I ha- I believe, if I remember rightly, I was doing his in like around April of about six years ago, and I already had like 15 different ones. Yeah, training. training. Oh. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then I decided, okay, I'm going to do the NLP, but I'd already signed up for about three or four other trainings. I'm a learning junkie. I really immerse myself in what it is I'm learning. I want to understand it fully and completely. That way I can teach it. One of the interesting things about NLP is it does really get into what is the structure of these things. In fact, a few weeks ago I had as a guest um, Robert Diltz, on this podcast, and he is one of the co-creators of NLP, as I know that you know. Um, Big fan, yes. Yeah, as well, he should be. He's brilliant. And um, and he was one of the authors of NLP Volume 1, the first book written about NLP. And the subtitle of that book is The Study of the Structure of Subjective Experience. So NLP in itself is not a technique. It's not a therapy form. It's, it's a Study. It's a study of the structure of subjective experience. Like, w- how does this work? You know, what's right. going on in the brain that causes these changes or causes these stuckness or causes these phobias? What, what's, what's going on that causes okay. this? And that's one of the reasons I really think it is, mm-hmm. like you said, it kind of a must. As Jack Hanfield said, it's a must. It's a must. Yep. So yep. did you f- continue doing those, those kind of um, Jack Canfield coaching things you're doing corporate levels but just enhance them with NLP or did you shift over to doing NLP or what happened at that point such a good question once I went to NLP that just shifted my thinking completely because it's kind of like what you said I was now able to put processes in place as why something happened and kind of um, the way that I like to describe it is freezing it in time and seeing exactly how what happened led to that, right? Led to that either behavior or outcome. And I look upon it as like looking at a TV and you see something on the TV that you like, you might see an outfit or how a room is, uh, is decorated or anything. And then you can freeze it and you go, how did this happen that it got to that? Like what was the actual steps in the process that led to that looking or, um, objectively or subjectively ending up that way. Mm-hmm. So that's what I really loved about NLP. It actually was, it taught me how to put a structure around what the process was that created that result. You right. know, what was going on in the thinking or what pictures or what language were they using and what did the language mean to them that or to myself, really mm-hmm. a lot to myself, it starts with the self. And, you know, if I can say this, when, you said to start off, Deb, with the weather, no matter what it was, you'd look at it positively. I used to think I was a positive person until I really started taking notice of what I was thinking and the meaning that went behind those thoughts. And then perhaps what state of being that put me in that led to that outcome. Hmm. And maybe on the outside, it would be a certain way that it would look to others, but on the inside, what was going on on the inside, inside of me. And that's the part that I really started to understand with NLP um, by changing some of your thoughts and, and what happened in that thought process around it that led to the outcome. You could really change everything. Yeah. Excellent. Well, that's so very interesting. Thank you. I, I, I'm surprised mm-hmm. I didn't know the answers to these questions are. But it's fascinating to me. Of course you did. <laughs> You're brilliant. Oh, not about you. I didn't. So no. six years ago, you learned NLP from 
I went to, yeah, I went to the Tad James company in Las Vegas and I actually researched the internet quite a bit and ended up going there. Uh Um, And then since then I've studied under a lot of different people because I like to get curious Mm -hmm. on different ways uh, people teach it, right. Or the way that they might interpret some things Um, just so that I'm, I'm well-rounded right? I don't want to, I don't want to be opinionated. I want to open up to get curious about just the different ways it it could be taught. And yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I ended up working for them. Actually, I became uh, their head in house coach and used to help a lot of the other trainers and people go through um, the NLP process and yeah, traveled to Australia three times for them and helped the people over there become trainers. So (laughs) go figure. Wow. So you went to Australia for Tad James. Did you take JetBlue mm-hmm. and fly over there? <laughs> <laughs> no, it wouldn't have made it. It wouldn't have made it. I took Qantas, Virgin, and Delta. Yeah. yeah. Which was the best one? Uh, truthfully, I like Delta. Huh. I like Delta. Yeah, the Delta one. It was really good. Oh, and really if good. you were lying, which one was it? If I was lying, which one was it? You said truthfully is Delta. So. <laughs> <laughs> Which one? Good one, Doug. <laughs> yeah, truthfully. I was lying through my teeth. I'd say it was Qantas. I was lying Boy, on one is... of their beds. I was lying on their oh, beds. I yeah. Oh my God, you got a yeah. Oh no wonder you liked it. Yeah. Yeah, baby. I planted that in my future, and that came about. Thank goodness for my husband it's, who paid for it. <laughs> it, is, it is a long ride over to Oof. Australia. So oh yeah. Good for you. So um, you were a what trainer for Tad James? Did you say head and I was their head in-house uh, coach for the United States. So in-house I helped coach. them. Yeah. So what I did is I actually worked remotely for them. So once I went through the NL, um, NLP trainings, uh, there's they have Australian offices and U.S. offices. And um they asked me, would I be interested in coming and working for them and coaching other students that went through the trainings and all of them from PRAC, uh, Master PRAC, all the way through trainers training. So I was so grateful because I got so much experience. You know, I really got hands-on, in-depth, in-person experience to really get, a, you know, a thorough knowledge of everything. It. it was at my fingertips. And I got to meet people all over the world right, that we're, that we're doing these processes. So now I have fantastic interactions with these people all over the world. It was awesome. When you say all over awesome. the world, did you travel all over the world or did they come? No, they would come. They would come uh, from all over the world to the United States and from all over the world to Australia to take the trainings. Nice. That's cool. Yeah. And now, of yeah. course, we do. We see people all over the world, but it's like this, you know. It's like, Isn't this great? Not Isn't this hard. great? Yeah. Yeah, so going back, I'm doing my own um, my own trainings, which I was prior to to working for them, and now it's wonderful because people don't have to travel, it's so right? Convenient. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I I have people in my classes from I've had them from France, Mexico City, um, Peru, Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and all over the United States, and I'm probably missing out a couple of places. Oh, I know. Same, same. Yeah, same right. Me. Both in the trainings yeah. that I do and the in the coaching that I do. I have a yeah. one of my coaches lives in Bali. 
Now, how would that have ever happened? You know, prior, prior exactly. to COVID, that I would have a coach client who lives oh, Doug, full time. I've got to mention Bali to you. Um, before, when you were talking about the hypnosis and and that, you know, how I used to, I first went to a doctor to get pills to calm me down, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Now with, with hypnosis, Recently, I had some surgery done and uh, that they were going to give me the anesthesia. And I said, no, I said, I'm going to hypnotize myself, right? So I went to Bali. That And when, when I kind oh, of... In, in your mind, you in went my to my hypnosis. Oh, yeah, I see. And I've That's never yeah. been. And, and when <laughs> I came um, out, the nurse said, so how are you feeling? I said, oh, my goodness, I went to Bali. It was absolutely amazing. She said, oh, you've been to Bali? I said, no, I just went... <laughs> it was so great so yeah how much life has changed from doing this work yeah, yeah no for sure it's funny that that story about going to bali in your imagination for uh for hypnosis i I did that as well i didn't go to bali i went to uh, uh hawaii in my mind during the surgery but um it was kind of funny because I, I taught that technique to a woman who was when i was working at Columbia Presbyterian with Dr. Oz and the Department of Complementary mm-hmm. um, Medicine there. The um, woman had tons of pain after her surgery, um, which was odd. They didn't know why it was, but mostly it was because she'd had a, a car accident like six months before the heart surgery, and she had very bad whiplash. And then because she was immobilized by the uh, um, the surgery for so many hours, she, her whiplash pain came back. So it wasn't the heart surgery that caused her so much pain. It was the whiplash um so i did hypnosis with her and um taught her this technique that i i use about going someplace else and mm-hmm. you know so she was fine and after the thing was over i expected her to go down like from you know on a scale of zero to ten her pain was at 80 when we started and it was zero when we were finished it kind of surprised me too but a few days later she had to go back in for surgery um with dr oz to get her her, her uh pacemaker put in and apparently that's not, they don't anesthetize for that. Or maybe they didn't with her because she had such a bad reaction the first time. But it, I'm pretty sure for most people, it's an, uh, you know, local anesthesia. And then they, you know, keep you awake and lucid to talk to you. So she was doing what I had taught her. And she had done this little self-hypnosis thing. And she was, you know, down in Florida, like you, she was by the water watching the boats go by. And she was on her, her daughter's um, lanai or veranda or something watching the bus go by and so she was blissing out kind of thing and in this on the surgery table and, and dr oz looks at her and goes like what's going on with this woman and he says mary are, are you all right and she says oh yes just fine just watching the boats go by i love it <laughs> and the house is i like, love it uh, i, think no, I know is responsible for that. <laughs> they think you're a little out there right but yeah. but why not be why, why not? not be so let me ask you this then Yes. So all the stuff, all the certifications you took in coaching, and then mm-hmm. you took NLP and it sort of shifted everything. Mm-hmm. What, what percentage would you say you use do you, when you do coaching with someone? When you as a coach do coaching, is it like 60% NLP and 40% other coaching techniques? Or is it what, I mean, I know it's just a rough wow. case, or, or how no, is it? No, that's such a 
Great question. Yeah. Um, it's percentage wise, I wouldn't be too sure, but I would say that everything has the basis and the foundation of NLP to it. Like, as you know, I'm a havening practitioner. I took my havening from you, right? Yeah. So when I do havening with, with my clients and some of them are, are NLP trainers come and have havening, uh, done with me, right? Mm-hmm. But it's how I'm then able to word it my language around um, where they are, basically from where they are and what's going on, um, whether it's a trauma or anything, an event that's happened, I'm able to language them to take them from where they are to where they want to be. So the NLP has really helped me as well as helped me with my students language it so they're getting the results quicker, right, because of how you're languaging what you're saying back to them. You know, so that with going back to your question, I would say I use NLP with everything that I do, even my conversations with my family, right? My conversations with my family, my husband, you know, right? My friends, myself, Doug with myself, I'll catch myself and I'll go, yeah, are you at the effect of that? Or, you know, what are you saying to yourself there? That's so great. That's so great. You know, I, I, a few years ago, I was teaching the hypnosis course that I teach, but I was teaching it live back in those days. And I always showed these videos um, that I had recorded back in the day when they had VHS tapes and, you know, VCR hooked up to your television. You had to, you know, you had to tune the television to channel three. To get I remember that. <laughs> 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 I do. But it was like the 1992 presidential election. And I don't know if you remember, but that was um, Bill Clinton, George Bush, the first, and uh, Ross Perot was the third. Oh, wow. I do remember. Yes. And there's a woman on a Bill Moyers show named Catherine Hall Jameson, who is friggin' brilliant. She is, she's the head of uh, the Ann and Ann and Dale and court and foundation that they, they, they basically do that. They analyze political Mm advertising and political campaigns. They analyze what's going on there. Um, Annenberg Foundation, I think it's called. Right. Something like that. Anyway, um, she is so smart and so interesting and so clear in her analysis of how these different advertisements work and stuff. And, and um, she said something that I just wanted to everybody to hear. So that's why I recorded this passage and I, I, I played it for my students, is that language does our thinking for us. She said, language does our thinking mm. for us. We think, we erroneously believe that we, you know, have an experience and then we mm-hmm. find the right words, you know, to, to describe it. But, you know, most often we actually are, are putting it in language, you know, and that, that, that yeah. frames it for us. That's how we, we come to think of it. That's how we come to experience it. Hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, it's the mean, like you just said, it does our thinking for us. So it's like, what meaning do we give mm-hmm. that which we are thinking, right? Which changes not only how do we say it to ourselves, but it changes our state of being, right? So therefore, it changes our results. So it's not really, um, it's not really the words. It's what we, the emphasis we give to our words. I always remember with Jack Canfield when I first learned about that he was doing NLP um, to me, no, just kidding, Mm -hmm. Um, right, that he said, you know, if I were to say to you, 
Deborah, you have, um, I love your green hair, right? I don't have green hair, by the way, but <laughs> it would be how I would take those words, what I would do with, what am I thinking about those words that, that is being said to me? So the thinking of those words, if I go, what are you kidding me that I don't have green hair, what's the matter with him? Or if I take it as that was a joke, it wasn't a great joke, but it was a joke, right? It gives it a whole different meaning, which changes our state of being. Mm -hmm. So what we are, you know, language does our thinking for us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because then what are we thinking becomes how we end up acting and behaving. Yeah. Most so of the time it's out of control. The, the real usefulness for that is um, twofold. One is how you listen to the way mm. the person is representing the world to themselves. NLP is all about the representational systems, but we, we look out there and we mm -hmm. see this world, but we represent it to ourselves or we represent mm -hmm. it to ourselves and the yeah. pictures that we make in our mind and the yeah. way we talk to ourselves. But that way that we talk to ourselves about that, the way we present mm -hmm. that comes out in our language and the way we literally the words we choose to talk to ourselves about things, the, the tonality that we say it with. Yeah. So we said, oh, that's terrible. Or like, that's yeah. terrible. You know, yeah, same words exactly. um, have yeah. different meaning. So very important to listen to your clients, so how they're using the language, how they're representing the world to themselves, how they're talking about their future, how they are doing all this stuff. And then it's also, number two, critically important to pay attention to how you talk to them. And if you as a listener can discern, for instance, one of the NLP things I was teaching just today in one of my online classes about meta programs, mm -hmm. if you can discern that as a, if a person is a sameness person or a difference person or sameness yeah. with exception or difference with exception, you know, if you can discern that meta program, then you can talk in the language that they need to hear for themselves. You know, you can talk yep. in the sameness language that they hear. Well, this is just like this. And see, if you do this, it's just, you're going to get the same results you've already gotten. It's going to be great for you, don't you think? You just put it in the sameness language that they want, or you put it yep. in the difference language that they want, if you've listened to it. And then if you have the ability to, therefore, you know, speak in that language, if you will. 100%. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And I love those um, those meta programs, those complex meta programs. They're absolutely fantastic. And then, you know, it's asking too around that, you know, what specifically does it mean that they're saying, or what does that mean to you? And understanding the words. I remember working with uh, with a couple that were it was it was coaching for a couple, right? And she she. Uh, was going through her values of like what's important to her in the context of their relationship together, right? Mm -hmm. And her top one was a security, secure, right? Mm -hmm. And so I turned to him and I said, why don't you ask her what that means to her? Okay. And so she, she ends up, she turns to me and she goes, he should know what that means, right? <laughs> so I said, why, why don't you tell him what it means? So that we see if that, if he knows and you're speaking the same language. So she went through to be secure is that he only has eyes for me, that when we're out, it's just him and I uh, together, that um, we're doing things together. 
um, we're agreeing on certain things that we want to do to grow our relationship. So I turned to him and I said, is that what you thought it meant? And he goes, nope, I thought you wanted financial security. Mm-hmm. So if we're miscommunicating, yep. right, on on the meta, that was the meta model, not the meta programs that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. But if we're disagreeing on one word, yeah, right, imagine how much yeah. else we're not communicating or miscommunicating. Oh that's that's right? great. Yes. Oh, oh, my God. That's so true. It's just a single word. Yeah. That is completely divergent belief about right. what that meant. Right, yeah. which ties into the map is not the territory, and is um, is, yes, right, yeah. Is this no, uh, is this PG? It's no, it's a presupposition. <laughs> correct. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> be talking to a trainer. Is this PG, Doug? Is this, is this PG? Because I want to tell you, yeah. Oh, you can. It's not going to be. I'm going to be fine, but I want to tell you a funny story with with a client that I have. To you this way, do you know Melissa Tears? I've had Melissa Tears on here, so. Yeah, more than once. (laughs) Okay, good. Because you know I'm a grandmother, right? And my grandchildren uh, actually say, Nanny, you curse more than anybody in the whole entire family. (laughs) But I'm not going to curse. I just want to say this one thing. I was working with with a client, beautiful, beautiful woman, and uh, she had um, broken off her relationship with who she was dating, right? And it was her choice. She didn't want to uh, go out with this person anymore. And she decided uh, whatever, it was enough now, and she wanted to move on. So all of a sudden, after three years of dating this guy and enjoying this guy and everything that went along with it, she suddenly decided in that moment that he took advantage of her. Meanwhile, she was the one that was breaking it up, et cetera, et cetera. So she said it, if you want to think about what we're talking about, the meaning that she put behind that, those words, he took advantage of me. I could see through my learning of NLP how her sensory, uh, with sensory acuity, everything changed in her face. She got this certain look on her face and she tensed up and, you know, her scowl on her face, et cetera, et cetera. And she went, he took advantage of me like that. And so I said to her, I said, oh, how, how interesting that that's um, the belief that you now have of how what happened over the last three years. I said, wouldn't it be fun if we just changed the meaning of he took advantage of me into a different meaning, right? And she goes, what do you mean? I said, well, think about it for a second. Say it in like a seductive way or, or just give it a different tone of voice and change your state of being, like put a smile on your face and like, you know, maybe put your head down and flutter your eyes, right? So she did and she goes, he took advantage of me. And it gave a whole completely different meaning to her mm-hmm. rather than her getting you know, she wanted to end the relationship, but what happened is she wanted to give herself a reason to end it, right? right? Rather than it was okay, it was over. It was over. It had run its course and everything changed for her, like in that moment around the language that she was giving, you know, the meaning she was giving that. What did you just say? The language? Language, how we we gauge our language. Oh, wow. I've never heard that before. No, no. A, you learned something from me, Doug. Well, it's about time. 
<laughs> it is about time. Inside <laughs> joke there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're even. Oh, dear. So, we're um, even. so, yeah, we're even. So, um, when people ask, based on the, the title of this uh, podcast, you know, the essential mm-hmm. coaching skills, what would you say then? I mean, I know we've, we've talked about quite a few, but what would you say would be if there was one NLP skill that uh, was essential for being a good coach or a great coach? What, what skill would that be? What would you say is an essential coaching skill from the world of NLP? Yeah. Well, you were right when you said, I know there's a bunch because there is. So I will answer your question with, with just one. I think for me, it's, it's actually recognizing what they are saying to you, what you can presuppose they have said to you in, in their statements. So for me, for example, if it's a cause and effect statement that they are saying, um, he makes me sick or he makes me angry or etc, etc, then I would look for what would be the main presupposition in the sentence to be able to take them from where they are to a different way of thinking in that particular moment, right? Or it could be a complex equivalence as this means that, right? So I always look for the presuppositions, what are they saying? What, What can I presuppose that they are saying in their sentences? that I can then take and dissect it, so to speak, Mm -hmm. break it up as what you said before, the subjective experience to change it into what could be as a different experience for them by, by using the language. So language is, um, you know, we all speak English that, that are listening to this podcast, but we speak different dialects, you know, and, and so really understanding what it is that, that they are actually saying or not saying to you. So really listening. So the presuppositions of language and so, are, are know, crucial listening for, for the Listening for the beliefs that are there, the presuppositions. Is a Correct. Presupposition. Yeah. What you're talking about, the structure of beliefs there, that's, that's, that sounds like sleight of mouth to me, baby. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I love your sleight of mouth. Are you kidding? I love it. That's where I first met you, I think, on sleight of mouth so course that I took. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. So you now do trainings of your own. You do NLP certification courses. Is that I correct? do. That's yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. I teach them now virtual. I used to teach them in person, but now with virtual, it's fantastic. So they're, they're done online. The next one is in January. It's uh, seven days. January of 2022, for those of you who might be listening. 2022. <laughs> Already? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We do three a year. Uh, the second one is in May, but the next one is in January. And um, it's all virtual. They're long days, but it's all content. And uh, the content is absolutely fabulous because I'm, I'm looking at continually updating sort of things that were taught maybe back in the 70s, how do we apply it today too in business and coaching, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to say one thing. We also have a fantastic pre-study that we're doing also that's done with this um, master trainer that I know. And, um, really? What's that? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Full, full okay. disclosure, yes, we, we're working together. So, yeah, so the course and study that I've been teaching online is yeah. also going to be used for a pre-study for your courses. So, what you're saying? Correct. Yeah. Yes, correct. Which is yeah. pretty cool because I will tell you, I stopped 
doing certification courses in NLP mm-hmm. for a variety of reasons. One is that to really do quality is really hard these days. Not just these days now with because of COVID or whatever, but you know, in recent times it has become harder and harder to really, in a sense, convince people that quality is worth the the time and the money and the effort. Mm-hmm. Um, I I literally saw an advertisement on Facebook the other day. This is literally true for an entire NLP certification course. I think the price was a whopping seven dollars. Wow. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's correct. If it, if it was more than that, it wasn't much more than that. And, and wow. I, it's probably around four days maybe of content or something like that. Um, just by contrast. Wow. <laughs> by, by contrast. For lack of a better word, <laughs> wow. <laughs> back, back in the day, back in the early days of NLP, they when with Bandler and Grinder both teaching, both of them mm. together teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, it took you 28 days to get a practitioner yeah. training, uh, 28 okay. days. Uh, it took you then another 28 days to get a master practitioner training. Um, yeah. My my first training when I took it from Tony Robbins back in 1985 was a 15-day training. And if anyone listening has ever been to an, an, a Tony Robbins training of any kind, yes, it was like a 24-hour day. <laughs> they were yeah, I've been to his trainings, I know. <laughs> This is, this is 15 days of that, 15 days of getting up at seven in the morning to jog or yoga and then have fruit for breakfast and then, you know, jump off a yeah. pole or something. And then yeah. you know, you'd have the morning session that would go till t- two o'clock in the afternoon. And then you'd have lunch until, you know, two thirty, and then you'd have the afternoon yeah. session to go till 10 at night. And then you'd have dinner and then, then the evening session would go till two in the morning or four in the morning, whatever. And then you have 15 days of that. So, yeah, it was a, they were long days. It's just suffice it to yeah. say. Um, yeah, very long and, days. And I've been, to, like you, other trainings as well. I've, when mm-hmm. I was at the Tony Robbins training, he brought Tad James, was there. Mm-hmm. Um, Edward Small was there. Yeah. there came. Um, Robert Diltz did a day or yeah. two. Um, lots of people were there. Dave Dobson was there. So I figured, gosh, if they're good enough for Tony to bring here, they're good enough for me to study with too. So I went and did trainings with each yeah. of those people. That's great. And, yeah. and by the way, big fan of Tad's Tad. I thought I learned a yep. lot from Tad. I know some, I'm, some people had some criticism. Amazing. I thought Amazing was- person. Amazing. I always remember he, it, I'm interrupting you, but I will continue to interrupt because I just want to say this. <laughs> he, Tad, when, when I first met him, or, or actually not when I first met him, but when I graduated as a trainer, he uh-huh. looked me fair square in the eye. And, and he said to me, Deborah, when is your first training? And so my eyes must have moved in every direction. And, and Tad, in true Tad form, said, you know, one person is a training, Deborah. You're qualified for it. So I looked at him and um, I went January. I think <laughs> I said January 26th or something. Right. And he says, good, let me know how it goes. And that was what I did. First person was, first training was one person. Wow. You know, and, and I didn't care because I kept learning more as I went, you know, developing more and more and more as I went. Yeah. I'm a geek like that, Doug. I just love to study and, and you I, know, get really so, good at it. So for me, just getting back to me for a minute, if you <laughs> quit interrupting <laughs> me, <laughs> my podcast. <laughs> when did you decide it was your podcast when I came on? <laughs> 
Go ahead. Um, for me, I, 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 when I was teaching NLP certification courses and master practitioner certification courses, mm-hmm. I would do 14 days, mm-hmm. 14 days of, you know, heavy lifting, some real deep work, some real slogging mm-hmm. stuff through things. But I wanted to get that same quality across that I got from Tony and got it from the other people that I studied with, Tad, Wyatt, et cetera, um, Robert Diltz. Um, and it's just harder and harder to fill those classes. Yeah. People just you know, don't want to take that time. Why, why should I take it with you for 14 days if I can get yeah. it for this guy for four days? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And plus, he's yeah. cheaper than you. You're charging all that money for all those yeah. days, you know? Um, yeah. So one of the reasons I'm, I've said yes to partnering with you is that, A, you maintain that level of quality. And you, you do it by, I think, a thing that you learned from Tad is to have a lot of preloaded front end learning that can yeah. be done online and through the books, yeah. but it's not just, Hey, let's hope you did this work, but it's like there's testing involved and people go yes. through this material and it's, yeah. it's, it's kind of the basics of the material that they can get online or by watching videos or reading books, et cetera. And then you take them through a seven, is it seven day training? Seven days. Yeah. Seven days and the hours. So I love what you said, because not only with the pre-study and the pre-learning and the prerequisites, so to speak, that they're getting with, with your work, it's detailed. So they're getting so much more than they would get elsewhere, which I love that. And they're learning, um, they're learning from you, right? Who has also studied with lots of different people. So it's not just the one, the one realm of how we learn. And then this is the way that it is. There's a whole platform of, of curiosity and how you can apply it and, and what you can use it for. So then the seven days with me, they actually get to practice with people in the classroom. Yeah. So, so they learn um, they see it done as a demonstration and then they go to practice in that realm for all the stuff that really requires you to be certified. No, I yeah. really appreciate that. And I, I don't, I don't mean to turn this podcast into anything. It even slightly looks like, or sounds like a, a commercial. I don't, that's not. Oh, um, me either. Um, no, but I just, I just want to say that um, that's uh, yeah. You, you got to yeah. practice. It's got to be practicing. Yeah. You know, when, I, when I was a piano teacher, uh, you know, I'm a pianist, mm-hmm. but I also, um, besides performing, I also taught lessons for mm-hmm. years. When you teach piano, it's not about like what a great teacher wasn't that a clever metaphor I used or whatever. It's it's about how well do the students learn it. Yeah. You know, yeah. how how well can they play the piano once you've yeah. taught your lesson? You know, they they yeah. need to be able to, to demonstrate the the ability, yeah. and that's always been my kind of you know, model for, for training, yeah. anything, sleight of mouth, hypnosis, anything is, can the student then demonstrate the ability? Can they do it themselves yeah. and yeah. take it away and make it their own? You know, the, there's yeah. not a prescribed way of doing it, but they're learning kind of the, the, the basics of how it works so they can generate. Right. And one of the things my f- partner, Kevin and I used to do is we, at the end of the trainings, people made up their own patterns. Yeah. One of the one of the testing criteria is can you make up your own brand new, never done before? Yeah. yeah. 
NLP pattern. And that's the fun part about it, you know, is when you have that understanding, you can take this from this and mix and match. And yeah. it's like a recipe, you know, the the other day I was uh, doing something with, I don't know if it was a student of mine, because, you know, I don't just drop my students either. I, I love this. I live it. it. It I feel like it saved my life. You know, the truth be known, if we had more time to go on to my story, you know, I really feel this work on just structuring what the things that I'd be saying to myself transformed everything that I do. But I was talking to, um, I think it was a student, and we were, we were writing down, I have my little board that I copied from you from one of your classes that I write on with my magic marker, right, and erase it out. I love that board. But she was saying something that was, you know, a limiting belief or a negative thought. And we crossed that out and asked her what she would like to believe instead, right? So we we wrote down that belief. And then with that, what did she see? What did she hear? What did she feel? What did she taste? What did she smell? What was she saying to herself around that? And then just made it brighter right? Like just increasing all that, the intensity around that. And it was like, I was like, oh, wow, that sounds like a um, a linguistic swish. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right, so yeah. it was just fun. To go. That's so what I'm doing. Your- yeah. 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 So, you know, you can really do anything when you have the understanding of what X causes Y, you know? Right. Which is why actually, Deborah, I, I, I would say I disagree with your metaphor. It's not a recipe. It's, it's, it's learning the structure of how to cook. So you're inventing with what you got. It's like walking into a kitchen saying, I I have a recipe for this, but there's no, none of these ingredients are here. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What are we going to do? Good point, Doug. Good point. What's in the cupboard and make something up here. Yeah. And then you create a feast with, you know, the materials that you have at hand. I love that. I'm going to take that metaphor because what would happen if you added this ingredient or this ingredient, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. And that is, that is kind of the point. I think, you know, the shorter trainings, you might learn some good recipes. You might learn how to make mm-hmm. a, you know, a tart or a tort, whichever you yeah. prefer. Um, yeah. <laughs> but you won't necessarily understand the, you know, why torts are the way they are and, you know, what right. or a tort and, how, you know, how do yeah. you make you can make an apple tort and you make a pear tort and you make an apple, you know, go for the, from there. What if you have different sorts of apples? Do you have to change the recipe? It's all different. It's all, you know, being in the present moment with the present circumstance or present person. Milton Erickson used to say everyone is as individual as their own thumbprint. So that's right. Anyway, that's right. Um, so Deborah, I know that we are almost out of time for today. I appreciate your time and your being here. Oh, it's a pleasure, Doug. Always the- a pleasure to talk to you. But what, how much time would you need to tell your story? I want to hear that story about um, how NLP saved your life. Oh, we could do another one if you want. Another, another podcast. Oh, God. Do you that okay. much time? I, well, it's, it's going to, <laughs> my story is like, really, you know, that, it comes from yeah? this little place. Yeah. But it did save my life. It's, it changed my thinking and it changed me from all my panic attacks and, you know, completely completely nice. everything well I, I will admit um it had a huge influence on mine I, I i would go so far as to say it saved my life as well i i also yeah. was having panic attacks and things mm-hmm. not because of 9-11 i started much earlier with my panic attacks 
it started much earlier. Um, but yeah, NLP was was instrumental. Yeah. Say, yeah. In. Um, you know, yeah. my when my daughter was um, was sick a couple of years ago. I I really believe that without the NLP that I had learned and teach and everything else that I I think that. I would have handled it completely differently. And then for my, my children, my other two daughters to say to me, mom, the way that you handled this, I want to learn from you. Oh, really? You no. Know, yeah. When you have your own granddaughter that's taken your training and your daughter wants to take your training, it's all the NLP skills and tools, you know, where I've made so many mistakes as a parent, but now the tools and techniques that I now know how to do, has changed everything. It's incredible. It is pretty incredible. It's That's incredible. Really yeah. Hey, what else do you teach? You teach um, heart math too? And I teach else? heart math. Yes. Heart math is another wonderful tool that basically has a lot of the foundations of NLP in it, which was wonderful when I went through it. Um, yeah, I teach that. And what else do I teach? I think that's it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the heart method, which is really about putting yourself in NLP, we we call it um, congruency, right? In heart math, it's a coherent state where we put ourselves into a coherent state. So we're able to get ourselves to a neutral, neutral position to then decide what it is we want to do. So it's breathing. And, you know, one thing's for sure, all of us are breathing. It's how we're breathing, right? Mm-hmm. We're no longer here on this earth when we're not breathing. So right. there's one thing that we all do is breathe. And are we breathing really uh, to help ourselves, like either short and shallow or high, you know, with anxiety, we often hold our breath, right? <gasps> right, like this. So it's not useful or helpful. So these tools, yeah. Okay, great. And how can people get hold of you, Deborah Heslin, if they want to do that? They can find me on my website at DebraHeslinWellness.com. Could you, could you give us a spelling for that just in case? Sure. It's D-E-B-R-A-H-E-S-L-I-N, Wellness, W-E-L-L-N-E-S-S.com. Are there any any spaces or underscores or anything? Nothing. It's all oh. one word, DebraHeslinWellness, yeah, dot yeah. com. Yep. Nice. And I'm happy to answer any questions or whatever. I love this work, Doug. You know, it's not work, right? Right. right. When you yeah. love it. Yeah. 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 It's always a pleasure to see you and always a pleasure to talk you to you. Too. So thank you so you much too. for being here and sharing your story a little bit of at least. So yeah, we'll have you back. I want to hear that story. You know, yeah. I, I'm really big into stories. I think stories uh, are incredible <laughs> mm-hmm. for teaching and, and for mm-hmm. communicating. People's brains work that way. So uh, we, yeah. we want to hear it. If you're willing to tell it to us. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I haven't really shared it publicly, so that'll be a first. But, you know, yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Well, we love look to. forward to hearing all about that. Thank you so much for yeah. being here. Thank you, Doug. It's really a pleasure. Thank you so much. Pleasure's all mine. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want any more information about today's show, please visit our website at www.essentialcoachingskills.com. Be sure to tune in again next week for our next episode and discover even more about the systems and the secrets that set the best apart.